What's your call sign, pilot? Um, we have to go. It, it's, um, Rogue? The Rogue Ones. Rogue Ones? There is no Rogue Ones. Well, there is now. Welcome to The Rogue Ones, a Star Wars and or podcast from the Playlist Podcast Network that dares to put away the lightsabers, pick up the blasters, and see what this rebellion is really made of. I'm your co-host, Mike D'Angelo, and joining me is editor-in-chief of The Playlist, Rodrigo Perez. Together, we plan to dive light speed into season one of Andor right along with the fans each week. Many of those weeks will also bring on a special guest from the show to discuss stepping into the beloved series and contentiously debated Star Wars universe, uh, share teases for what's to come, and even talk about favorite Star Wars films. This week, we'll be discussing episode four of the series, and Rodrigo sits down with Andor showrunner, the great Tony Gilroy himself. Before we jump into all that, I've got to tell you that The Rogue Ones is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes The Playlist Podcast, Bingeworthy, The Discourse, Deep Focus, Be Real, The Fourth Wall, and more. We can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite shows. Be sure to subscribe to The Playlist Podcast Network and get this show and all of those that I just mentioned. Also, drop us a rating or a comment as we always appreciate it. Okay, Rodrigo, as I said, episode four is premiering this week. The episode sees Cassian becoming Clem and is then dropped into the middle of a mission with a group that Luthen had put together and is less than welcome, to say the least. Um, We then get to see the fallout of the events of the previous episodes with Cyril, and we're introduced to Luthen's other life, as well as characters that are going to be integral to the story moving forward, like Deidre, who's an Imperial officer looking to climb the ranks. We're also reintroduced to Mon Mothma and her situation. That's really intriguing. There's a lot of expansion going on in this episode. So what are your thoughts on episode four? Yeah, like three and four, I love. Like they're, you know, I guess they're doing it in these arcs where it's like three, uh, you know, it's kind of these three arcs. So now like four, five, and six is a new arc. And we've seen seen the beginning of it. We haven't seen the whole thing. Um, But, you know, uh, well, first of all, I love it. I think it's, I, I, now it's really, really cooking. I always thought it was great. And, but um, now, you know, three and four, it's super cooking. And I think this, what's interesting is I think we're going to see from what I can sort of intuit, we're sort of going to see, like, I I think the next four, five, six is going to be like all about just that one mission that they're trying to pull. The heist. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're going to see like, probably so four is the setup five is the heist and six is probably going to be like i don't know the fallout the ramifications what happens you know what i mean like who who survives it who doesn't like the fallout both from the empire and the fallout from internally you know that's that's where i feel like where this show is going it's like deep diving into the human politics of like these situations you know like yeah i think there's there's just there's just as much intrigue so like, you know, obviously I'll just back up for a second. If you're listening to this episode and I'm not sure when we're running this, but you know, if you haven't seen season uh, episode four yet, you know, watch that first before you listen to this whole full episode, you know, yeah, he, this, in this episode, you know, Andor is, is with Luthen and Luthen has brought him over to a, like a, a rebel cell, mm-hmm. right? He's got a specific mission to do. What's interesting about that is that how many other rebel cells does Luthen work with? And how and like first of all, this this cell is very dubious and, and doubtful of Andor or, or as Clem as he's going by in this. And like <laughs> what a name, Clem. 
Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and are there like five other sick cells that, that, that they don't even know about? You know what I mean? Like, like Luthen's got this whole kind of master plan sort of slowly playing a lot of it close to the, to the vest, you know, he mm -hmm. introduces Andor to this team. They don't even know about it. They're pissed. And it seems like that's a lot of the way he operates to prevent, you know, information from leaking out, you know, and there seems to be just as much intrigue in what they're doing as there is internally. Like, you know what I mean? This, this thing that they're trying to pull off is difficult on its own. And then the empire is going to be an obstacle, but themselves and the whole team and, and the friction between it, that's just as much of an obstacle as anything else. And, and what I'm kind of gathering is I feel like you're going to see that throughout this entire series. It seems like this kind of, we talked about this before in the, in the first episode, but like this sort of holistic view of, you know, revolution and oppression and, it's it's we're sort of seeing like the challenges of all of it and i think that's really kind of interesting i think that's where this is all going and yeah it's it's interesting stuff i also talked to um it'll be in print but i also talked to uh Eben moss Bacharach, yeah thank you very much i talked to him and i'll probably run that tomorrow um that's a, a print piece that, that i talked to him about um a, a different show the the bear but we also talked about this and and he's in that he's one of the rebels um most of them are fairly unknown or like character actors that most people don't really know you might recognize them but Eben is is the one kind of name in there and yeah he's hot right now <laughs> after yeah. the bear yeah and he's a perfect moment and nobody knew he was in the show I think until I interviewed him <laughs> yeah I definitely didn't know and then you were you mentioned it a while back and I was like oh shit I didn't even know he was in yeah because I'd seen episode four a while back and then, then I was like oh you know he's in the show and and then I happened to happen to interview him like like a week later after I'd seen it so you get yeah. some juicy stuff with him as well. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's some interesting stuff just about like scale and, and him being like, you know, he didn't want to talk about it at first, but then I told him that I'd seen it and then I, and, and that, you know, I can save it for week of release and he was cooler about it, but you know, everybody's really on guard about, you know, spoilers yeah. and talking about stuff like that. They're pretty, you know, nobody wants to, to be the, that person that spoils stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, this episode is, is really great. what do you think? Oh, I love it. I love how much it expands the world and it's just like, Oh, this is what was established in one through three, but you think that Ferrix was a lot. You have no idea how big the galaxy is for both sides of the coin. And the gray areas continue to expand the, and blur and Vel and her team are like really, really great additions. It's really interesting to see how untrustworthy the, you know, the rebels are and how much uh, political jockeying there is on that side as well. And Mon Mothma, she's immediately infinitely more interesting now as someone who has a foot in both worlds and is partially funding the rebellion with Luthen and the stuff with her husband is really awesome. Yeah, she's a real character now, right? We, right. I mean, and that's kind of the first time before she's all she's ever been is really like this figurehead that kind of just, you know, doesn't do a ton. And yeah, now she's just got so much depth in just the couple scenes that we see here. I'd love to, I mean, I'm sure we're going to explore her backstory with her and her husband and some of the events that she's referring to, but not necessarily going into too deeply. But it does, like you said, it sounds like we're building to this big heist episode or maybe two episodes. Who knows if they're going to cliffhanger it, but it should be pretty thrilling. And I'm assuming it pushes things in a whole new gear for the next block of three. So what questions do you have for the season moving forward? Or are you just like, I just want to see it. I just want to see whatever's going on. I was thinking one thing that I thought was interesting is that they didn't, you know, a lot of these kinds of narratives and, you know, they, they always kind of create some sort of big catalyst for a, a reason why someone has done something. So for example, like there is a kind of catalyst here, but it's more, 
it's not the same kind of one that I was maybe expecting. Like I always thought, and, and but there could be another one coming. Like, okay, the catalyst for why Cassian Andor is where he is now is because he's wanted by the law. He's done something and he had to get off that planet. This was an opportunity. He didn't have to necessarily join the rebels, but you know, he did, he sort of like a ro- between a rock and a hard place. There was never a big kind of like personal catalyst, like something major happening that turns him right so mm-hmm. it's not like you know it's all of a sudden like you know his family dies and it's like oh screw this i'm going to join the rebellion he's still pretty reluctant he's still pretty he's just cynical about the whole thing so that'll kind of be interesting if they kind of just kind of continue that and or maybe there will be small catalysts that we see that sort of keep pushing him in that direction because the whole idea of the show is that We know who the guy is in Rogue One, and here's the furthest version of who he is from that character five years previous. And how does he get to, you know, the character that that we knew in that movie, who's like fairly, you know, he's still pretty tart and rough around the edges. He does some, you know, still ethically questionable things, but he's obviously much more trusted. And and, and he's more of a Luthan character at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is also a guy who, you know, obviously we even in Rogue, I always think about Rogue because it's like, you know, I, I feel like they've done a lot of smart things to kind of connect them spiritually and emotionally, even if they haven't, like, it's not very specific yet. But just the ideas of like, this is a character you remember that sacrificed. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious as to whether, whether we're going to see sort of the emotional sort of journey of like other sacrifices and other things that he may do that, that sort of explains his character in a way, in a, in, a, in a way that won't be like at all pronounced. But if you really think of in the totality of things, maybe you'll, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of great stuff going on with Cassian, obviously. And obviously there, with what you were talking about, there's the sister of it all that could push him towards really committing to the rebellion, whether she's a part of it or she may be a victim of it or whatever her fate may be, I'm sure that's going to come up later because he's the the whole thing started with him looking for her in the first place. So I'm sure That's they true. wouldn't leave that that hanging. Um yeah, although I've heard I've I've heard a I heard an interview where he said it's not like his central kind of thing. It's right. Like, don't I I got I read an interview or heard an interview or something that where it suggested like don't look to that to be um that was just a starting point maybe. Yeah it was sort of like it was supported, so supposed to connect him a little bit more to the planet and his past and tee that up a little bit. And and just for a reason why he ended up on that planet, because he sort of heard this thing. He kind of went looking on a lark. And I, I don't think it's going to necessarily be like, you know, we may not necessarily find her at the end of the season or anything like that. It, it, you know, I don't know if it connects that smoothly kind of thing. Okay. There's also Alex Lothar's character, who I'm not sure of his name because I don't think it's spoken in the episode. And IMDb, for some reason, took him completely off. He was there before. Oh, is he the young kid in The Rebels? Yeah, he's from the end of the fucking world, if you've seen that. And it seems that he may be force sensitive because he says at some point that he can feel Andor's belief in the cause. Do you think that's them kind of opening up to that a bit or are they still... Do you think they're just going to do something tiny like that and be like, yeah, see Jedi stuff, but go away. That kind I of thing. don't think they're very interested <laughs> in stuff like that. And I think it's maybe more and it, it like that. If it was anything, it would be literally that much. It would be like, mm-hmm. if you want to intuit that and have fun with that, go, go do it. But I don't think they're going to go any deeper. And I think it's more, maybe this kid's just like kind of naive and young and, you know, he's got a good feeling about, people and 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 yeah maybe maybe you could intuit that but i don't think they're going to delve deeper into that i'm sort of like more 
curious about Denise Gao's character. What's yeah. her name? Deidre? Deidre. Is that it? Deidre Miro is the character. Mm-hmm. Again, we're seeing like the internal infighting of uh, on the Empire side. She's really ambitious and she's like brushing up against other people. She's like, you know, having some issues with her boss. It's like, that's kind of interesting stuff too, you know, like seeing the whole inner mechanics and the intricacies of all that. She's a really great character. I'd love to see where that's going to go. I'm assuming somewhere along the lines, she's going to fall into Kyle Solar. They're going to cross paths with Cyril. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty interesting, intriguing character. There's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah. They do seem a little similar, at least in that they're, they're very hungry to, to do what's right in their view to investigate this rebellion, but they're being shot down. Yeah, they're both similar. So it'll be interesting to see the how like those things, because that's got to be done on purpose. You know, it's like, why are these two characters? So they're they're essentially up and coming uh, antagonists, really. Mm -hmm. And they're both ambitious, but they do veer in, in different ways that, you know, he has this humiliating defeat. She hasn't had anything like that yet. So I'm curious what they're going to do with that. And then, of course, like you said, Mon Mothma, who is, you know, we're really seeing a real character here. We're seeing the stakes of, of what she has at risk, which is kind of everything because she's yeah. like, you know, this would be the equivalent of, of deep state, right? Yep. <laughs> she's like, she's part of the government, but she's back channeling and she's working with rebels because she knows what she's working with is basically a, a sham autocracy. And and so she's like networking and, and behind, but she's the one at this point with the greatest amount of risk because if she gets exposed, she's totally screwed her family, her career, her life, everything, right? Yeah, she says to Luthen directly, she'd be the first one to fall if they're found out. Yeah, so she's got to keep it, uh, you know, super tight, super tight to the vest. And she's got to be paranoid and she's got to, which is really great way to do have done all this because it it finally gives her a chance to be a real person and a real character and have real issues. Um, So it's kind of a brilliant uh, uh, play of how they retrofitted her into this because, you know, there wasn't all that much to work with. All we knew is that she was kind of one of the leaders of the rebellion. But now we're like, I mean, that's the whole point of the show. Again, it's like working in, looking at and examining the difficulties of what it takes to put on and run a rebellion. So yeah, that stuff's pretty interesting. And obviously we know that she survives all this, you know, we'll see her and all the way up to Return of the Jedi, but you know, everyone else's uh, total question marks, right? Except for, for Cassian. Mm-hmm. And that's a good way to kind of tee up your your Tony Gilroy conversation because he talks about not only you know knowing where these characters end up but he also talks about like the historical events I guess I would say that lead up or inspired him to kind of integrate this into the rebellion like the the Russian Revolution he was looking a lot at the Russian Revolution is there yeah, anything I else you can was, tease that uh, was really interesting him talking about sort of like being vaguely influenced by the Russian revolution. And, you know, he, one of the things he said to me is like, you know, like forget the French revolution. He's like, just the amount of like infighting and backbiting of the rev- the Russian revolution, like that stuff, he was like, it was so fraught, even with everybody uh, on the same team. And what he's, the, the illusion he's talking about is the rebels, you know, it was like everybody who, who, who are on the same side and are on the same, you know, fighting for the, for the cause of, trying to overthrow the empire. But, and then he said, you know, we're going to get to do that. So I think he's really heavily suggesting and hinting there 
that we're going to see a lot of like that kind of infighting and that lot of like, you know, these different cells, different factions as it grows and it gets pulled together. I think you're going to see a lot of that kind of like those arguments and disagreeing about how these, how these wars should be fought. And to be fair, you know, to, to tee that up a little bit better, I did, I think the way I asked it specifically was I was asking about Saw Guerrero and that's how he got to that answer. He didn't really answer about Saw, but he said like, look, throughout history, you know, you've seen all these different kinds of rebellions and revolutions and stuff like that. And they had people who didn't make it or didn't, you know, his words were like, you know, didn't fit into the tent. And, you know, what he basically says is like, you know, and and, and this isn't a spoiler because if you're a Star Wars fan, you'll know this through, I mean, you'll know it through Rogue One, uh, but you'll also know it through, they've retrofitted that into Star Wars Rebels as well. But like Saw Guerrero was, is essentially an extremist, right? We saw that in Rogue One. He He's, his his story, if you can intuit intuit that from from Rogue One, is is that he was part of the Rebel Alliance, or at least one of these cells, and we will see him later in the season. And he basically gets, if not ousted, he just goes on his own because he's too much of an extremist and too much of a radical in the way he fights. And you know the 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 rebels, as much as they do some unethical things too, they feel like they have more of a code, a moral code. Mm-hmm. He breaks that, and he kind of splinters off in his own. So I think that was really interesting of him just sort of suggesting how you're going to see all that and you're going to see how there's different factions and different cells and people agreeing and disagreeing. And, you know, I would argue you even see that in Rogue One as well. Like at the end of Rogue One, you know, they've got at that point, the Rebel Alliance is as big as it's ever been. Right. Because, you know, what happens the next day. Right. The next day is a new hope. And. Mm -hmm. And that is the full force of, of the, the Rebel Alliance, the full brunt of everybody who's involved. And even then they have that, you know, they they have a massive disagreement about going to Scarif, right? And they're like, we can't, we can't sanction this. We can't let you go off and do that. It's too much of a risk. And what do, you know, Cassian and, and, and Jin and everybody go off and do it anyhow, right? Yeah. I just love all of the history that he's weaving into this, the behaviors, the, the actual events that inspired it like i was talking about before it's such it makes it so much more rich and accurate to human behavior when you're just looking at events and you know what people have done in the past and applying it to something like star wars which is absurd that the russian revolution and star wars are even spoken in the same sentence but it makes total sense within this context but what's interesting though is like you know I, i and i've listened to a lot of interviews with him and maybe some of it's mine it's all sort of kind of gluing together for me (laughs) but i you know i really get the sense that i intuit that like you know it's not so much him being like hey i looked at the russian revolution for my clues and tips it's more sort of like but also if you're an adult you know just putting like 50 people in a room together and agree on something it's not that easy always you know and Mm -hmm. when life or death is on the line it's it's pretty difficult so a lot of it is just like being like well of course people are going to disagree and fight and argue i mean that's what the world we're in now right uh so uh I, I think that's just kind of natural like you know what i mean like i guess what i'm saying is like the russian revolution may not have even happened the way it happened but there would still be tons of reasons why this seems like a very sound decision creative decision you know what i mean makes it all the more interesting for andor at least um yeah but for our listeners uh andor's first four episodes are up on disney plus now with new episodes dropping weekly through november as i said we're gonna tee up we're gonna get to our interview with writer showrunner tony gilroy we'll be doing a bunch of the rogue ones episodes for andor so keep checking back every week for more discussions and interviews and amazing pieces of star wars history that we're (laughs) discussing here but yeah rodrigo anything you want to say before we pitch to tony i'll just say if you haven't seen it on the site or if you haven't 
you know, seen it out there because it's sort of kind of traveled pretty far. But like some of the highlights in this interview are, you know, one of those highlights is what we were just talking about, the sort of the Russian revolution. He's talking about the, the original gangsters and maniacs of the Rebel Alliance, a.k.a. the people who helped put it all together. And that's what the show is also about. You know, it's like there's a new hope and there's Rogue One and you see all these people, but there's also other people. Right. And that's Luthen. And, 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 you know, it's like the original people. So he talks a lot about that, which I think is really interesting. He talks about uh, one of the things that was was really interesting was he, you know, he, he said um, the show, it's two seasons. That's it. It's 24 episodes. And he gave me very specific details of. of yeah. I love how things. candid he is, man. Yeah. He, just, he does not care about spoilers, even though he's not really spoiling anything, but he's given yeah. a lot of, more away than a lot of people would necessarily. Yeah, because it's, I, I think for him, I think, again, it's not the what happened because we know what happened. Yeah. It's the how and the why. That's mm-hmm. what's, and he, he talks about that in this interview too, um, which I w- thought was great because I, you know, I, I've always thought, you know, let's let's face it, Star Wars prequels are very, very hit and miss, right? But when you think (laughs) of the the ones that are good, well, he's one of the architects of that, right? Rogue One is one of the best ones. And and because it's not about the what happens. We know what happens. It's about the how and the why. So Mm -hmm. um, basically, he tells me, you know, where, uh, uh, how the the series ends, or at least the the events of where it takes us to, to Rogue One. And basically said that it takes place, you know, the last three episodes takes take place five days before Rogue One starts. And that seems spoilers, I suppose, in a way, but who knows what what those last three days are and what happens, exactly. right? Like, there's all kinds of uh, major things in there. And then he also told me, which is sort of a, a thing that that he won't be directing and, and, that, and that he did that on purpose, that I think he was going to, I'd read that he was going to, I think it was, maybe I was told that he was originally very early on going to direct the first three episodes, um, like way back when, then COVID hit threw that all for a loop and then he decided not to do it at all and i think you'll see here from this interview he's like i think that was like basically the smartest decision he could have ever made he feels that way um he feels like you know putting on this massive endeavor is like he would have just been distracted by distract by directing and his job is sort of like the massive he's he's the conductor of this of this thing you know what i mean yeah and better to keep that conductor sane i suppose (laughs) yeah yeah he's conducting this big kind of orchestral symphony of all this stuff happening and i think the show's pointing towards becoming something bigger like that and i think it like i might have said this in the last episode i think but like i really think this is going to become a a really big ensemble piece when all is said and done yeah it does feel very large in its scope uh just within the the different characters that it brings in here so and it's even going to get bigger i mean look at the previews the trailers that they're dropping it's there's more characters, more crazy scope to, to even be drawn out. So I'm yeah. really looking forward to the rest of it. And and eventually at some point we'll see Saw Guerrera in this yep. in, for one episode in the season. And then from there, you know, I don't think there'll be too many other familiar things, but probably in season two, you might see some a little bit more connective tissue that, that takes yeah. it to Rogue One, like K2SO and things like that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get right over to the, that discussion with writer showrunner Tony Gilroy for Rodrigo and myself. As always, stay rebellious. Hey, man. Uh, hey, Tony. How you doing? I'm all right. Long time. I know. I know. It's like you're back in the, the galaxy far, far away again after all these years. Yeah, man. I've been hiding out. I've been three years hiding out. 
<laughs> Tell me about uh, you were talking about the in the press conference the buyback and you know all the the richness the the reasons why you'd want to come back to this which I totally get the show is great by the way what I've seen so far the four episodes but going back even further um, is some of that the sort of the early buyback just like some of the really potent questions that are that come through Cassian's character that are said in Rogue like even before I think this was announced I remember like thinking about some of the things that he says and they're like. You know, Diego says that they haunt him. And I was like, yeah, that's good stuff. I think, and also then like in the cell, I was just thinking when he when he gets thrown in the cell and uh, Bays and Chirrut are there with him and the, you know, he's the blind guy and he's like, feels, man, are you, you know, I think you've been, you know, the prison inside you, or he says something, you've been in prison, you've been caged your whole life. You know, there's yeah. all, there's all this, you know, I was just sort of goofy footing my way through there, laying, laying little breadcrumbs that I didn't even know I'd be picking up later on, yeah. Yeah, that's really amazing. I mean, it's just like, it's just rich, rich texture. Yeah, so tell me, like, it, it really strikes me that, like, this story, this this whole series could be kind of, like, not Star Wars. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like there's all this dressing, but, like, you could have made this as, as a political thriller, you know? Yeah, like but the, it's supposed to be, you know, it's really trying to, to do two things. It's trying to really, like, engage the Star Wars, the huge diverse Star Wars community on, on some level of like, oh my God, we're gonna take this incredibly seriously. We're gonna go down in places you never thought were gonna be true to canon, but we're gonna give you, I mean, God, just the IP alone that we're creating is just insane what we've built. And like, we're gonna never be cynical about it. We're gonna take it more seriously than anybody ever took it. But, you know, also want that really, <laughs> it's a big audience, these Star Wars, adjacent and Star Wars averse audience, you should be able to watch these 24 episodes as your entry point to Star Wars. I mean, you should, you don't have to know anything about Star Wars to watch our show. That's the goal. My wife, zero Star Wars. She <laughs> finished episode seven and now she's like, when do I get eight? You know, she's like, that's my, that's my goal. But we'll right. see if we can, if we can make that happen. That's the big gamble, you know? But the, the yeah. core audience, you know, they're yeah, our they're down payment. <laughs> they're the ones who allowed us to gamble. Right, it's it's a great it's a great risk. I love the the sort of idea. Like, I'm, I mean, I guess another impetus is sort of like the the journey, right? Like a, a lot of this. I don't know if you watch a lot of uh, streaming TV genre stuff like this, and a lot of it's really plot based. And I think they make that mistake. And this just feels like it's all about the character and and the characters and where they're going, their journeys. Is yeah. that self safe to say? Because like you know, we see Cassian starting at self. Like we know where he ends, yeah. but we see him at like self interest. Oh my God, yeah, he's just a chaos in the beginning. No, everything for me is, um, yeah, I mean, boy, there's nothing like doing, you know, uh, you know, doing 12 hours and 600 pages of show and all the rest of it. You, you really, it's an x-ray into your process and what's important to you and how you work, you know? So I've, I've become much more aware of, of how I work and how it's, you know, how it's different than some other people. I mean, everything for me is like, I mean, it's sort of inside baseball, but I can't, I can't plot. I only plot through dialogue. I really, I only plot through dialogue. I really, that's that's everything that I do. And I've been, now I've, because I'm dealing with so many other people and other writers and everything, and you watch how people do it. And we had a little mini writer's room twice and you watch how you build that and whatever. But I don't know how, I can never start by going, oh, they're going to do this. I have to have everybody talking. And I think maybe that's been, that's been a blessing in some ways. Yeah, for sure. I think it, it certainly works for this because, you know, I think the mis the mistake pre prequels make is like we know where he's where he ended, so it's not about the the plot of that. We know that right. <laughs> there's all this other stuff that's the more interesting stuff, right? Yeah, 
No, it's why, it's how. It's, it's, uh, Diego said something fascinating yesterday about, you know, people watch history shows and whatever. You know what the story, how it's going to turn out, you know? And right. you still, yeah. it's why did it happen? And oh, we didn't know this. And it's been a fascinating, uh, I mean, look, man, it's got five years of my life by the time it's going to be done. And I wouldn't, yeah. you know me. It's I mean, great. you know, I could do what I want. You know, sure, they'll yeah. let me do what I want. <laughs> I, I have some choices. And, and I have wondered along the way, there have been some real times where it's really been, oh my God, what have I done? I've ruined my whole career. And what, what am I doing? And is it can't be worth it. But I've come around on that last year uh, when we finally started to put it together, when we finally, when it went from being, you know, just a, a fire hose of chaos in your head all the time to being like, oh my God, there it is. I really right. feel like this is, by the time I'm done, I really will have done something that was worth it. And you'll and you'll have your like Star Wars doctorate by, by the time you're done because like, I don't first... know you can't you can't I wouldn't want to take my SAT I wouldn't want to take the Star Wars SAT I know I'd be like the guy who knows like I only know this five year period there's five right. years that I curate my five years I got that down but I would fail the SAT on a lot of other areas. <laughs> that's what's kind of like amusing to me I always think of like like the rest of this stuff and I'm assuming like no he's just focused on his he doesn't know the adjacent like star wars but i don't have to because i have like all people around me then we have you know we have pablo hidalgo out in in in, at the vatican and so we have issues we we (laughs) deal with that and you know we we figure out what we need but also let's put it this way it started on rogue there are so many things oh you can't have paper you can't have wheels you can't have knives you can't have all these different things well there's all kinds of things that we have, and we've we've made an enormous right. amount of canon, not violating canon, but we've made an o- enormous amount of new canon in this show. Uh, so, right. so yeah, I've got my uh, my Star Wars merit badge on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I saw, you know, I saw the new trailer, which obviously shows a little bit more than the four episodes. It looks really spectacular, and there's Saw in there, which I was really glad to see because I, th- I felt like Saw is such a great character, but doesn't. You know, he only gets a real quick moment in Rogue One. Um, can you tease anything about what we're going to see with him? And, you know, one of the things I just thought is about the way, how we fight and how people have different methods, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it's also, the show is very much, you know, Stellan's playing a character, you know, Luthen, who has kind of been uh, quietly building a network and scat- being a talent scout and a, and, a, and a binder and a procurer for all these different things. And this is the moment that he's going, he's gonna, he's gonna go loud. He's this is the time. He's decided he can build no longer. It's time to go out. And the show, really, particularly in the second half that we'll do the next four years, the, the other 12 episodes that we're gonna do, is really about what happens to, you know, this revolution is hundreds of different groups and people and rebellions all over the place that are nascent and right. cooking and they don't know each other and they're not aware of each other. And and you're watching Luthen try to pull it together and you know, Saw is one of the people he deals with. There's other people he deals with and the names of different things. And you're gonna watch as the show goes on, the stresses of A, taking your company public, scaling your company up. It's one right. thing when you're running a little private enterprise, all of a sudden when it's a thing, all those issues. But then also what happens to the original gangsters? What happens to the people that were really there at the beginning? The ones who, you know, Yavin is a pretty establishment place at the end. There isn't a lot of room for all the, uh, all the original maniacs that started all this stuff. And that's a really right. interesting thing to me. And it's a really interesting thing for the show to deal with. And it fits very thematically really good with a lot of things we want to do with the characters. So that, that's something that we're really exploring. And Saw is very much, a, a, he was, you know, that's, that's the first place you look and go, oh God, they should have more. Because he never gets in the tent. He he's, doesn't fit in the big tent. Right. Now, too crazy. I think that's, 
That sounds, I, I just can't wait because it sounds so rich to me because yeah, it's like all these factions and cells and then they got to come together. Oh my God, just read, you can read about any revolution, but like the, the one that has, oh, I mean, right. forget the French revolution or, you know, places right. where you have a whole bunch of really intellectual people or a lot of people with different ideas about how it should be. But I mean, the Russian revolution, the 30 years it leads up to it, the amount of infighting and the number of groups and the amount of people who end up hating each other more than they even hate the czar, you know, and the difficulties that they have in organizing and what Lenin does to pull them together or slap them into shape, all of that. I mean, that's just fascinating. We're going to get to do all of that. We get to do it. That's super cool. Um, and, and it sounds like, you know, you keep talking 24. So you've obviously, you mapped it out. You know, it's two seasons, you know exactly where it's going. Um, you said you're, you're going to walk into Rogue One. Are we going to see some Rogue One people? Or are we going to see like K, K2SO? Or are we going to see some of that we're stuff? Gonna, like, yeah, I mean, we're going to, our final scene of the show is no secret. It's going to be him walking across the tarmac to get in the to get in the ship to go to Kefreen, the rings of Kefreen, to go meet Danny Mays, Tivik in, in the thing. He's going there. So... We have a really cool narrative thing we're going to do for the because we have uh, blocks of three that we shoot the show in. And that's right. a, it's right. more of a production thing, really. It was for directors, but a lot of our shows lined up. That's how the that's the director comes in and does three and three and three. But we realized we couldn't we couldn't possibly make a show for five years. It was just physically impossible, like, it'd be right. like going to Mars or something. And so yeah, I, I kind of heard that you were going to do more seasons at first, and then yeah, and it was well. Last spring we were in Scotland, Zana and Diego and I were like, "Oh my God, how do we get out of here? We how are we going to get out? What's our exit <laughs> strategy?" But right. then we realized, "Oh my God, we have four years and we have four blocks." And I went home and I came back and I go, "You know what? Why don't we jump a year?" And what's really cool, we're gonna when we come back for the part two, we're gonna jump a year and we're gonna come back. It's a year later and all this shit's happened, but we're gonna come back for a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday, and then we're gonna jump a year. Then we're gonna do like five, six, seven days and jump a year. And then we're gonna do two weeks and jump a year. And the final block that we come back to is gonna be the last five days before Rogue One. That's super cool. That's a really cool conception. It's also like, it's changing your show. Most shows don't do that, right? Most shows have a structure. We don't have any rules like that. Those rules we don't have. No, our rule That's is cool. real. The only rule we have is keep it real. Right. Yeah. Um, are we gonna see you? I know you would hope to direct, but then COVID came and stuff. Are you gonna direct in, in season two? I am not. No, I am not. Nope. I, how I was even going to, I mean, I don't, COVID kind of saved the show because I was so ignorant and naive about how difficult and how huge and what it was going to be. And I had no clue. And if I had directed, I mean, it would have been, I, I don't know what would have happened with the show. It's the job I have to do now is so all consuming and so much more than that. It's just not a good use of my time to be on a set right at all. And the directors that we get, you know, they they come, they're energized, they're ambitious. And so I could take it all the way down and do the whole thing. But they come in with a new greed that you really need. They come in with a little extra thing. And it's it's really, yeah, it's very exciting to wake up because my days are, you know, out of New York. It'll be 5 o'clock in the morning. Wake up and turn on dailies and go, wow, yeah. I, I wouldn't have shot it that way. That's, wow, I would have I would have half-assed that. Like, look what, look what they did. So that's, no, I'm not directing. No, I can't. I, I'm gonna, I wanna come back and direct something else later on, but I, I, I can't do it now. The job's too big. I can't, right. I can't afford it. Right. The time, and, and, and I don't have the time. For sure. Um, and, and writers, are we gonna see, I mean, the, the group, I mean, you, your brother and Bo, I was like, damn, that's like ringers. I was like, wow. <laughs> no, they, they, everybody's come back and we brought in another writer, Tom Bissell, who's gonna do a block, who did a block for us now. So, so in uh, season two, we'll each take a block. Uh, uh, for you know, a credit block. I'm doing one, two, three. Danny's doing. Uh, uh, Bo's doing two, three, four, uh, three, four, five. Danny's five, six, seven. 
anyway, the four blocks and then Tom Bissell's doing the last, but we all, you know, we, we did a, we did a, the first, we did a six day writer's room the first time we did an eight day writer's room this time. I mean, I come in, I bring a big, a huge, you know, hundred page pile of meat and put it on the table and then we, <laughs> we beat it out. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'd love to talk to you again. Maybe we can make that happen. Yeah, man, along the way, you know, because this is going to go on. We're going to be on till Thanksgiving, so. Oh, terrific. Right <laughs> yeah. on. Cool. Right. Thanks so much for Really your time. good to see you, man. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, good saying. All right, take care.